We are live! This is the second episode of Three Count, live from the news studio 53 in Staten Island, New York. Every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, airing exclusively on itsyradio.com and Facebook Live. And welcome back to the show on this Wednesday, February the 8th, 2017. I'm Richard Vera, and I'm joined by the one-eyed monster among men, Yo, Andrew. I love when you say that. I really do love it. Just keep saying it about it's, it. Especially the one-eyed monster part. I wanted to just throw, throw that the in. The one-eyed monster. I love it. E- even though I am wearing glasses now. Four-eyed monster among men. Update I swear. people. This is Three Count, of course, the show for the thinking pro wrestling fan. And three major topics of the pro wrestling industry. And we're going to cover it all tonight. Oh, yeah. Our Facebook chat is now active and open for all discussion. And, of course, if we want to hear for you, uh, we want to hear from you you can call us 347-927-5448. Otherwise, let's get this started with our first topic. You ready, Andrew? I'm ready. Episode number two. We get started with 205 Live. We're coming off another episode of 205 Live with the Fatal Five-Way as its main event uh, with Jack Gallagher winning, and uh, he's going to be the number one contender to face Neville at WWE Fastlane in March. 205 Live has been consistently showcasing a very talented cruiserweight division that has faced heavy criticism from fans and analysts alike. What is WWE? be doing wrong with its cruiserweight division well what criticism are we talking about see me and rich we don't discuss before the show we save our thoughts i don't see any criticism i think 205 live is doing what it needs to do it's competing against new japan wrestling it's competing against lucha underground that's one thing it's doing another thing it's doing is it's filling up that three-hour hole jbl said it on the network you have three hours, it makes money, the Cruiserweight does four segments of that. The third thing I love about the Cruiserweight, fresh new storylines and fresh young talent coming right out, and I love it. I think the bigger question is, can the Cruiserweights handle themselves alone, independently, on their own program, like we see with 205 Live, and I don't think they can yet. But I can say this, and I'll say this proudly, I think they're on the right track. And we saw it last night. That was a huge match. Gallagher won that match, getting over with the fans. And I think eventually he can do it without the Monday Night Raw audience, Rich. And I, I think so. I, I absolutely agree with you. I, th- I like I the 205 Live concept. I like the fact that it's one hour for the, uh, the, the this division. And I think these guys are fantastic. We saw it in the CWC over the over this past summer. That was one of the best tournaments. And I don't know if you, you watched the entire tournament, but each match had a great story to it, and each competitor really gave it their all to win the eventually the first ever Cruiserweight Championship, which was obviously won by TJ Perkins. I, I like what they're doing with 205 Live, and I've really enjoyed it over the last few weeks. Uh, Jack Gallagher has been one of the more popular superstars uh, there now. He has. And he's he even, has. so popular that he even got an appearance in the Royal Rumble. Here's my issue with 205 Live and like what, what many analysts are having problems with. The, it's follow-up. Why is it following SmackDown? SmackDown's such a big show, and it is. It's a big show, and they've, they've done a better job over the last uh, half year since the brand split. But why is 205 Live following SmackDown, especially for a live audience that just got off a great show? I, I, just, I think the Cruiserweights... At least that show, 205 Live, needs to happen before SmackDown. I feel if I had to like reshuffle everything off, and especially with Talking Smack, like coming, uh, like showing up after 205 Live, I don't think it does make sense. It really doesn't make sense to me. I would prefer 205 Live to start at 8 o'clock and at 9, SmackDown for two hours, Talking Smack right after that at, at uh, 11 o'clock. I think that would just make more sense for the WWE Network schedule. And here's my problem with the Cruiserweights overall. 
besides the fact uh, of their schedule of 205 Live, right. I don't like the fact that they're being showcased as their own thing. Who? What? The cruiserweights. The, the cruiserweights. Okay. How we can go on a raw broadcast and everything's red ropes and red everything, and now we, we're turning over to purple. The ropes are purple. The uh, They have to shake hands before the match. It's yeah. a gimmick, and I don't like it that is. it's turned into a gimmick because what goes to show – like. Like, what if Cedric Alexander wants to challenge for the WWE Intercontinental Champion or the, the United States title? Or what if a guy like, I don't know, TJ Perkins has some sort of underdog booking scenario where he's going to be competing for a major championship? It's not looking that way. It's looking like they're going to stick with their division and their division alone. I, fr- I remember watching Raw about a month ago and seeing a segment where, T- where uh, Jack Gallagher was backstage with the New Day. And they were like, he was like showing off his umbrella that he calls William the Third, and he was showing like how to like how, how to like base exactly loved it, I loved, loved it. it, I absolutely love it. So he was he was like messing around with the New Day, and I had to remember at that moment that wow, oh yeah, that's right, New Day and Jack Gallagher are on the same show. That's what they've done with the cruiserweight division on Raw. They've they've really done a bad job with it on Monday nights. That's why I think this division needs to come over to SmackDown if you're going to showcase it. Even though it's two hours, it's one less hour to deal with. But I think that one match to preview the you know the two hundred five live would be great, and it would get on. You get more. You get more viewers to two hundred five live to get hyped up for that show, and more network su- subscribers. I think it only helps their situation. I do like the point you made. I like how you made it where they become more of a gimmick on Raw, that they have not been able to branch out uh, within the roster itself. And I think actually you you just made a good point of. Well, I I understand I feel they're not ready to go independent yet, has a division. Like NXT has able to prove in that. We all saw CM Punk and other, uh, like Natalia come to NXT. Eventually now, NXT doesn't need any veterans no more. All they need is guys come from other companies and the young prospects growing into the company. But you do make the good point of, well, if they're good at look at the cruiserweight division has their own has their own independent division on Raw, they might as well just take them off. I think you're right. If you're gonna put them on Raw, you should integrate them with the with the show itself. One more thing, what you said. God, I just lost my train of thought here. No surprise. Oh, what? <laughs> I lost it. What was it? It was uh, how uh, the cruiserweights. Guys said so much, and it's gonna piss me off after this program. Because I, I completely forgot what I was going to say. I forgot. Oh, there you go. Well, hopefully we'll remember it within the next uh, 20 minutes or I'm, so. I'm, while we still I'm thinking here. What, it it what has to do it? with the cruiserweights, right? Yeah, I do the cruiserweights. Well, I'll add this to you because I, I, I agree with you there too. The cruiserweight division, when it first got started up in WWE, was integrated with the rest of the roster. Right. I remember watching matches when... Yeah, it's easy to say Brian Kedrick because he's on the show now. But I remember when Brian Kedrick was spanky back in the day, and he had a rivalry with John Cena, who wasn't in the Cruiserweight division. Heel John Cena, well back in the day. I remember Billy Kidman getting into certain rivalries with heavyweight superstars. Again, integrating them with the rest of the roster isn't a bad idea, but when you're introducing 15 guys or 20 guys or how many Cruiserweights they started with, yeah, yeah, when, they, 10, intru- when they introduce 10 or 15 guys to the main roster, people have to lose matches. So you can't be pushing every cruiserweight. Guys, like, obviously you can see it now because now that the 205 Live and the cruiserweight division has been uh, an active part of Monday nights since, I think, the summer now. Right. Lindsay Dorado. Yeah, since summer. Lindsay Dorado's a jobber. 
Arya Davari, with the exception of the Jack Gallagher feud, is a jobber. Drew Gulak, jobber. These are talented guys, too. I like these guys. But they're not being showcased enough because you got to put certain guys over. It, it's, it's the nature of the game. People have to lose matches. People have to win matches. But when you bring a guy, 15 guys up at once, that's, that's what happens. And you can't, and no one can gain any momentum. And you can't fit them all, obviously. You can only have uh, such few uh, that could grow like this. It, but their handling of the cruiserweights, obviously, there are some faults of it. I just don't want to see this division fall. I don't want to see this division broken up. Listen to the fans. If you, obviously, the fans are behind these guys. They are. I think there's just a few things, and what you mentioned before, there's a few things that need to be changed in the cruiserweight division, and, and that's what they need to do. Yes, sir. I, I absolutely agree. So we're going to move on to topic number two, and I really hope they do right by this cruiserweight division. Down the I line. hope so, too. So I, I, I really do. Number two. Last week, Samoa Joe made his debut on WWE television. He signed with WWE NXT, of course, back in the spring of 2015. We have a long way to go in 2017. But who would you like to see sign with the company for the first time in their career? For the first time? Yes. So career. this is the first time. This is not a return, so we're not talking like Jeff Hardy... Or, or, uh, or Kurt, even though Kurt Angle is kind of technically already assigned. Yeah, well, Kurt Angle was with the company. But who would you like to see? Like, what independent superstar would you like to see? Somebody who maybe currently wrestles in New Japan, or somebody who wrestles in Ring of Honor, maybe even Lucha Underground. I know you watch Lucha Underground, so. I was Lucha Underground once. I, see, my, my problem is I don't, I don't know many of these rookies outside of the company. I don't. Usually when they come into the company, they're, they're new to me the same way they're new to, to many others. So I think I should be asking you that question. Teach me something. What okay, prospects? fair enough. And actually, I'll give you a few even, uh, just so maybe you can even wrap your mind around them. I, I'm sure right. you've heard some of these guys. Yes, I know the first guy you're going to mention. Well, the first. And that's Omega. That is Kenny Omega, of course, yes. He was the one that yes. he announced that he's not going to be on the Rumble. Yes, Kenny Omega was the one it. who, around Royal Rumble time, many thought that he was going to pull a surprise turn. maybe uh, Not a surprise turn. Surprise debut, much as AJ Styles did last year when you know he, he returned to number three in the Rumble and had it one of the biggest huge, years. huge. Kenny Omega's contract was coming up in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and... Many had felt that he was not going to sign and he was going to make his debut with the company with, with the WWE on yeah. its main roster because the guy is so talented and he's coming off of what Dave Meltzer called a six-star match at Wrestle Kingdom 11 in, at, the, uh, at the Tokyo Dome earlier in the year against Kazakata. Kenny Omega is the leader of the Bullet Club right now. You're very familiar with the Bullet Club. Of course. So he's the current leader of the Bullet Club. He's known as the cleaner. Uh, he, I'm shocked they're still around. He is. He, I really am. If, if there's such thing as a, like a five-tool wrestler, he's a five-tool wrestler. He has the talent. He has, without a doubt, has that in-ring ability. He can talk on the mic. He actually can talk in multiple languages because he, he right. now speaks fluent uh, Japan. There's nothing wrong with that. Japanese, rather. Fluent Japan. Fluent Japan. Fluent Japan. Fluent Japanese. Fluent Japanese. There you go. Yes. I was waiting for you. Yes, and he's and he's caught up in some pretty cool storylines in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and many fans wanted to see him come over. He's improved over the last few years, so he's one of those guys. Sticking with the Bullet Club, the Young Bucks, one of the, the best Bucks. I heard tag them teams okay. in the world. And many, many, uh, many criticize them for being, uh, I would say, spot fest superstars meaning that they don't really wrestle great mat they don't wrestle great matches what they do is they do their flips you know much you gotta think like early young hardies like these are not the guys who are gonna put on a five-star technical match they're just gonna fly around the ring they're gonna do cool stuff they're gonna they're known for super kicking the world what they call a super kick party 
over at uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor. So they would be the perfect baby face tag team. They get the Actually, audience excited. Well, they can make a few moments. The fans are gonna love them, but they are a heel tag team at best. Okay, they're so they cocky. They're cocky. They they but think they're the best. They've gone out and they've actually challenged the New Day and the Revival on multiple occasions while in it. their company in New Japan Pro Wrestling because they really do feel like they're the best tag team in the world. They might as well be. So that's number two. Ricochet is another big one. And Lucha Underground, he's known as Prince Puma. And he's no longer with Lucha Underground. So this is somebody who can actually really do – he could really sign as soon as the summer this year. So this right. is somebody that, that WWE has had an eye on. Triple H has had an eye on this guy, Ricochet, who is an extreme cruiserweight. Extreme cruiserweight. He would be perfect in 205 Live. He'd probably, he would be the best cruiserweight if, if, the, if Triple H decides to bring Ricochet over officially. Well, one thing about all of these different free agents is how they gradually come into the company. I don't think any of these guys, I don't care what they've done in their other companies, how they've grown the same way we see Bobby Roode and Samoa Joe, great examples. They should go into NXT and gradually go into the roster. With NXT, it's so much potential for Triple H and others in the back to sit down and really see what does the audience want from these guys. What are you doing that's not working in this type of company? We saw the club, AJ Styles and his friends come into the WWE roster and many are saying it wasn't what they've expected. Even though John Cena last night on Talking Smack said AJ Styles is the only man at his level. Couldn't believe it. And no one else. And I was waiting for the on the internet to blow up on and they that. Did. And they did. As um, they did. And as they should. AJ Styles had the best year of any superstar last year. He obviously He did. He did. By bypassing NXT, it was actually a great decision. Right. Anderson but and Gallows, not, though, maybe they shouldn't have... It's not always going to be promising. Right. Not always going to be promising. Anderson and we Gallows, though, that. I think they should have went through NXT. Yes. I think they should have had that, that start because many... Yeah, some know Luke Gallows from his you know his days with the SCS and uh, that the Straight Edge Society, that is, of course, if you don't know your acronyms. Come on, people. The SCS, and yep. uh, and he was also back back in the day, if you remember, old tag team, known as uh, Jesse and Festus, when he was this, this big idiot who went crazy yeah. when the ring bell went off. So Gallus has played a couple of characters in his WWE career previously, but no one really knew about Carl Anderson. You really have to be like a legit pro wrestling fan to know about the machine gun Carl Anderson. So I think these two guys definitely should have got started in NXT, but look where we are now. We're in 2017. They're now the tag team champions of Raw. So I guess things have worked out. Sadly, it's not going to last. I feel they gave it to them to please someone, and it it sure wasn't the audience. And and now they're probably going to lose to... Oh, but but I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll lose the new day. I you never know. Oh, hopefully not new day. We'll we'll see what happens there. But I Enzo and Cass. Who? Enzo and Cass. That's a good point. Uh, I I do see them carrying the titles. I mean, I, I know it's not about Anderson and Gallows, but we're getting into the whole WWE NXT thing now. Out of those three guys I mentioned, and then there's many more that I haven't even mentioned. But out of those three, who would you who would you take? Would you take Omega? Would you take Ricochet? You would take the Young Bucks. Well, I know you said Ricochet, and then you said Puma from Lucha. Yeah, the same person. Yep. Okay, so the same person. I wouldn't take. I would eat. I wouldn't take Puma so fast. I think WWE. There's actually someone who I believe he premiered last night in Two or Five Live. I don't have his name offhand. Someone that he was one of the Luchas, like Kalisto, who I believe Kalisto should also be with. Oh, the, uh, uh, what they did? A, they did a. You mean that promo spot they did for Grand Metalik? No, there was someone oh, else. Oh, who actually wrestled. Yeah. Oh, that was Unsay Dorado. Right. He's someone. Yeah. Like, why do you need Puma for? Why? I think Triple H, who already made deals with Japan to bring some of these great guys over. 
Omega, uh, you know what? I, I am going to choose Omega because when that was stirring up on Instagram and Facebook, and everyone watched this guy. I don't know who this guy is. Never saw him wrestle in my life. I don't care who says it was a great match or poor, and I don't care. It's fantastic. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. I know. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. You know, at the same time, it looks like this is this is the guy that listen forty five fifty minute match. And I know I know people got stuff to do, but if you haven't seen Kazukata versus Kenny Omega Wrestle Kingdom eleven, it happened earlier in the year. Check it out. Go to YouTube. Uh, there's definitely all these free services where you can find that match. Of course, it is so show. worth watching. I've seen that match already three times, and I I, I it's like watching it for the first time each time. Well, because I mean, the if, match is amazing. Well, I mean, if Dave, if a Dave Meltzer. Uh, the Wrestling Observer is telling me it's a six-star match, and obviously I'm probably not going to watch it because I don't like his sources at all. I don't like Dave Meltzer either, but in he this case... Because, no, you're right. You and thousands of others have said this is probably the greatest match of our lifetime. And then there's Dave Meltzer coming out there calling it a six-rating match, and we suddenly believe this man's credible because he said it's a six-star rating match. Rich I don't believe in a six-star match, and I don't think I would have given it six stars. I don't think I would have given it five stars. Right. I rate wrestling matches the same way I rate women. I believe in the <laughs> one to ten system, but there's no such thing as a ten because that means she's perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect wrestling match. So you, there is no such thing as a five star match. That's why I do the decimal system. That's why I do it. I give it four point five stars. I give it four point two stars. So last week when we were rating the Royal Rumble, we didn't do no decimal system. We did letters. Oh, if I had to do the stars, if I had to do the star system. The star system at the Royal Rumble match, it would probably have been uh, maybe uh, 1.8 stars. <laughs> I think it would have been 1.8 stars. That's how unimpressed I was with the Royal Rumble match. Well, hopefully we get to see some Elimination Chamber uh, grade A matches this Sunday. I hope so, too. By the way, you can follow our Twitter handles. You can follow our show at 3 Count Live. You can follow Andrew at... Andrew Tweet GL. And you can follow me at Rich J. Rivera. And if you're watching on Facebook, it's right there on the screen. All, all you got to do is go on Absolutely. Twitter. Absolutely. And, and Mike us. Giordano, of course, active on Facebook right now. He's going into the uh, the more of the SmackDown commentary team saying that yeah. Otunga and Josh needs to be cut. And I think what he means is Tom Phillips. Uh, Josh yeah. Matthews hasn't called WWE <laughs> matches no, in hasn't. about four years. So that's not credible. And I like Tom Phillips, actually. I think David Otunga does need to go, so I agree with him there. But But Tom Phillips, I do like. I just think he's not being utilized if he's not a play-by-play commentator. I like him more backstage. I like okay. him on the top 10 countdowns and during the snowstorm. There he was behind the monitors. That's I like fair. him there. Final topic. Elimination Chamber will be live this Sunday at 8 so p.m. Excited. Eastern Time. The so excited. The SmackDown Live branded event will feature an Elimination Chamber match pitting current WWE champion John Cena against the former champion AJ Styles, current Intercontinental champion Dean Ambrose, Baron Corbin, Bray Wyatt, and The Miz. Who should come away with the WWE Championship on their way to Orlando at WrestleMania 33, Andrew? I am so excited. So excited about the about the, the elimination chamber. You're very excited. I can see. I can't even speak. I'm so excited. You can't even speak. One man, I'm going to say, who should be the champion leaving is going to be The Miz. And I know some people can't imagine this guy being a top-level performer. I get that. He was on Raw. He had the Intercontinental Championship. No one believed it. He got drafted to SmackDown. It helped. Talking Smack helped. Daniel Bryan helped. The opportunity of being at a high level again helped. Bringing his real wife into the mix helped. I know if it was 1998 
and he was with WCW, and he went to WWE, and at the time when there was good story rights and good build-ups and good scheduling by Vince and the whole gang, WCW would be sitting there going, what did we do wrong with this guy? Give this man the belt. Let him be the face of SmackDown. He's a, we, I'm getting sick of everyone. Have you noticed that we live in this era now where everyone's a face? Why can we have a long-reigning heel? Everything is the new day, the longest-reigning face. Enzo and Kaz are most likely going to be faced. John Cena. Yeah, AJ Styles. But please, you want someone that the audience hates. Like Roman Reigns. Believe it or not. He's someone that I'd rather have champion. I want The Miz. I think he's going to put up a great match. He'll steal it in a way that will make him look really good. And the audience will really hate. The Miz, Rich. The Rid. I got to connect point A to point C, and I don't mind the See, Miz. See, now we're using letters now. The problem— the decimal system, now letters. Well, this is a completely different—we're talking completely <laughs> right, different right. thing here. But point A to point C, meaning Royal Rumble to WrestleMania. Point B is obviously the middle pay-per-views. It's Fastlane or, you know, Elimination Chamber. Randy Orton facing the Miz just doesn't make sense. Although, listen, trust me, I'd love to see Miz with the WWE Championship again. I think he deserves it. He's coming off one of his best years— uh, like ever, but I like yes. I I I would think we need to make we have to make some sense here. Who makes more sense for Randy Orton to face? Because I don't see Randy Orton jumping the raw. I see him staying on SmackDown and Me making too. the SmackDown brand. And he's fine there, Rich. He's yeah, fine exactly. There. Uh, John Cena retaining the title doesn't make sense. Nope. The Miz winning the title doesn't make sense. Baron Corbin winning the title doesn't make sense. Not yet. So I'm using process of elimination as you can see. Danny, Dean Ambrose winning the title doesn't make sense. He's the Intercontinental Champion, and as we discussed. But well before the show, I think we like the fact that Dean Ambrose defending the IC title against Baron Corbin at WrestleMania would be a nice match to see. It would be a nice Very match. Very nice match. So it comes down to AJ Styles or Bray Wyatt. Either way, in my booked WrestleMania, which I'm sure I'm going to talk about in a few weeks, I would love to see Bray Wyatt, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton in a triple threat match. But I think it would make sense to put the title on Bray Wyatt. I think it's time. I think it's time. And I think that's the direction they're going to head in anyway. I think Bray Wyatt deserves his championship. Honestly, I wish the, the shoe was on the other foot and Bray Wyatt won the Royal Rumble and Randy Orton was probably walking out champion. I think that would, you know, make the story a lot better. I, I see Bray Wyatt winning this title. Either way, if it's Bray Wyatt or AJ Styles, I'll be a happy camper, but I'm going with Bray Wyatt. I just think it would make the most booking sense heading into a, a WrestleMania. Yes, booking sense, I agree with you. I know, I just bragged the Miz. I want him to win. But you're right, booking sense, Bray Wyatt. But, and we spoke about this too many times. If Bray Wyatt's going to win this chamber match, you should just let him win the Royal Rumble. Wyatt and Orton. I love when Orton joined the Wyatts. The Viper turns heel, joins this clan. He's able to help Bray Wyatt finally show Vince and the whole crew in corporate this guy can hold some gold. Give him the tag team. Smackdown, like The Miz, creating opportunities for Wyatt. Now, you let Wyatt lose the Rumble, make him look weak. To Cena again, Cena now going to lose it, showing me that it was all about the belt and not about Cena itself. So pretty much, yes, I understand Orton versus Wyatt, a great build match for the SmackDown level. Yet because Cena won, I'm just going to be upset the whole time. I think I would have been. been I think I would have been more content if Styles would have lost the title to Cena at WrestleMania. I think it would have been more yeah, content. Me too. With me Cena too. finding his path to WrestleMania without winning the Rumble because he doesn't need to win the Rumble for the third time. <laughs> no, no. But I think that would have made more sense. I would have been more fine with that. I would have been fine with Cena winning it then. But I, to just do it at, at, at the Rumble kills me. Kills me. 
Kills me too. But that's Elimination Chamber for, for this Sunday. Now, and that is also it for the second episode. Sadly. Of three count. How is it possible that WWE's developmental brand in NXT puts on better events than the main roster? Tune in next week to discover why less truly means more. Don't forget to tune in over to Hit Talkers. We'll be live in five minutes on itsyourradio.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Take care.